This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 4th and Inches Network. This podcast covers the Washington Husky softball program with a little bit of baseball mixed in. This week, Trey Konishi and I break down Washington's first conference sweep of the season and first three game sweep since 2019. The two bizarre don't see hardly ever plays and preview the tough road series against the Oregon Ducks. Which of the two inconsistent programs come away with the series win? The dogs or the ducks? All of that is coming up here on turn two. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Turn 2. I know we kind of said we were going to be back last week, but there was some illnesses and what have you, but we will have a full show this time. We will have a Oregon State recap and an Oregon preview. I am Kayla Olin. I'm Trey Konishi. And of course, we always have to go ahead and start with a baseball recap because... You know, we want to have a baseball podcast. We're still growing the fourth and inches network, which in case you haven't heard, has been acquired by realdog.com. So you can find us there as well on top of everywhere else you're already listening to this. So make sure you kind of go ahead and check out that website as well. And we hope to have an actual baseball podcast next spring. But we have a little bit more exciting news to get into as we work our way through this podcast. But we got to start with the bad news, which is that Utah baseball did get swept, did get swept. My goodness, you can tell I haven't done this in a couple weeks. Got swept by the Oregon Ducks at home and looked to bounce back this series as they were on the road in Corvallis to take on the Oregon State Beavers. This puts the dogs at 16 and 18 on the season, 6 and 12 in conference play. Good for 10th place in the conference and on the outside looking in to that Pac-12 tournament if the season were to end today. Yeah, it was a very, very tough week weekend for the Huskies. The batting wasn't an issue. It was more of the pitching. That was a major issue in the series. I'm kind of glad that you said that because I feel like they could have had maybe a little bit of a better weekend. Their bats just weren't getting going until later on in the games and later innings and bringing runners home definitely cost them. There was a couple of times where if the ball had maybe gone another foot, it would have been a home run, but instead had to settle for a fly out. Yeah, but it was, it was rough, especially game one, giving up seven runs. And the thing was that they didn't score little runs i mean each game they put up about five runs per game that just it's hard to win games when you're giving up seven to eight runs per game yeah i will i will actually concede with you i was kind of saying maybe batting was where it went wrong but you can't really be upset when you have about five runs six runs seven runs they never lost by more than two runs so that's always a good day especially when oregon is kind of tied up there for top of the pack 12 and speaking of game one that was actually pretty crazy to watch i don't know if the people listening or you got to watch kind of in depth but there was something where you don't see very often happen and it was uw's cam clayton he started off the bottom of the second with a single he stole second on a wild pitch and then stole home 
from second on a second wild pitch, just beating out the throw to close that game to a two run deficit. So that you don't really see stealing for home very often on wild pitches. No. And, you know, I, I saw that play and it got me thinking if I've ever seen that happen before. And I don't think I ever have. No, it, it's very rare. Yeah, you see some in the park home runs just based off of a couple errors, but we to be able to say that you <laughs> scored from second on a wild pitch is bonkers. Yeah, crazy. And Washington will get a chance to bounce back as they will kind of like I mentioned play Oregon State on the road down in Corvallis. They're tied for first, top of the conference with Oregon and the Oregon State Beaver baseball team is always good they're very 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 good and they currently have a 10 and 5 record in the Pac-12 play 27 and 8 overall game times are Friday the 22nd at 5 35 p.m Saturday the 23rd at 1 35 p.m and Sunday the 24th at 105 p.m so who knows maybe Trey Unaga lucky and we'll see another stealing from second hopefully I'm just hoping for wins <laughs> Helping for wins. And that is exactly what the Washington softball team got as they did get their first sweep of conference play against the Oregon state Beavers in their second home stint all by run one run wins. So not an easy sweep, a very close nail biter. And that sweep came to a dramatic close in an eight inning Sunday afternoon match with a sack fly by Madison Husky to bring Sammy Reynolds home this was UW's first three-game conference series sweep since 2019 versus Stanford. I had to double-check and then triple-check that because that was crazy for me. And the Huskies also swept Cal in a four-game series during 2021, but still, first since 2019, that put the Dogs at 25-11 and 11 on the season and 6-6 six and six in conference play, tying them for third place with Stanford just behind ASU and UCLA, who are at one and two respectively. Yeah, they, they definitely needed this sweep. You know, we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago just with this team and, you know, what do they really have a lot to play for? Well, now that you swept Oregon State, yeah, now you do because now you're right back in the race for, in, uh, for the top of the conference. So this was a huge series for them, especially coming off the – winning the series against Arizona the week before and now by sweeping Oregon State I thought it was one of their best series just all around offensively and defensively and I think a lot of players um, really broke out I like that you mentioned kind of you know getting that Arizona win before before kind of having that long bye they never ended up getting to play Seattle U because of weather since you know you live in Washington you're gonna get snow and hail and sun and wind and tornadoes and everything like that all in the same day and that's exactly what happened so Washington was coming off of a very very long drought in terms of actual gameplay would you say that they're finally getting maybe the confidence back after having two series wins now or maybe just getting comfortable and getting at the groove of all these new young players getting their feet wet a little bit more in gameplay. Yeah, I think I think the Arizona series really gave this team the confidence that they needed. I think before the Arizona series, I did not know what to expect from this team at all. Um, 
I thought they were mediocre at best. Um, but I think after winning the series of Arizona and getting kind of that time off to, to regroup and to keep the momentum going and kind of fix any issues that they had um, before, I think, I think their confidence now is sky high coming off from a sweep against Oregon State, who Oregon State, I mean, they're not the best team in the pack, but they're certainly not the worst. Um, so I think in, doing it in front of their hometown, I think it's going to give them extreme confidence, especially going into this week when they have to go to Oregon. Yeah, you and I were kind of talking in the last one how it was great to get that series win, but giving up so many runs to Arizona and then you only get the series win because of a Bailey Klinger grand slam to come from way behind and how Arizona was just bottom of the pack. And so that was kind of a, it was a good win, but it wasn't a great win. But then you're playing a better team with Oregon state and you do get the sweep. I think that really shows kind of the improvement within the program itself, especially just over the course of a couple of weeks. Right. And then especially too, just consistency with the pitchers as well. I think that was the biggest thing for me based on this series. It was the biggest shock for me, I think. And I cannot wait to talk about it and we will get right into that, but I'm dying to know your top play of the week. I think my top play of the week, um, and, you know, I've been very critical of her so far this season because she's she wants to be – I think she has potential to be the number two pitcher on this team, but I think, you know, Gabby Plain is you know, clearly their best pitcher that they got. But I think after the performance from – Kelly Lynch Saturday night or Friday night was just incredible having a complete game. She did give up one run. Um, it was a home run. How but, dare she, <laughs> but to strike out 15 batters. Yeah. That, that is incredible. Like you don't even see that in, in the majors at all, just 15 strikeouts. And she looked completely dominant. Like this is the best, start that I've seen from a UW pitcher this this year by a mile and I think this probably will be the best game we see from a UW pitcher this year she just was great and you know she won Pac-12 player of the week because of it because of those 15 strikeouts and not just that but the only one walk ratio you know we've talked a lot about this team and some of their struggles with, with walking a lot of batters and for only giving up for only giving up one walk and striking out 15 unbelievable game from her. Yeah. We're going to go straight to the pitching and in the circle, because we usually always start with Gabby playing a little bit because she does get the start. She has the padded stats for the weekend, but not this time. Kelly Lynch said, you know, I can be just as good if not better, if given the chance. And she did just that. So the 15 strikeouts, it was crazy to watch. And I was very glad that Heather Tarr let her pitch all seven innings and complete that game. Her previous career high was 11 strikeouts versus UC Santa Barbara in 2020. 
So hasn't had a game like this in a couple years. The one walk I think was one of the most impressive. The defense backed her up when she was allowing batters to hit, but she also, her, her rise ball is dangerous. I, I can't get over her rise ball. I think her yeah. rise ball is better than Gabby Plain's rise ball. Hot take. Oh yeah, absolutely. Gabby Plain though, she did quite, she did pitch quite a bit more than we kind of usually see of her. She had a great game one against the Beavers through seven innings, allowed three runs on seven hits and six strikeouts to pick up her 10th win on the season. She also threw her 11th complete game of the year. And then she also retired eight in a row from the first through third inning. So started out strong, dropped off a little bit. Overall, Gabby Plain had a great game. She even came back in after leaving in the third game and finished out with the seventh and eighth inning. So she she had a busy weekend. Yeah, she did. And, you know, we, we've also been kind of critical on, on Plain this year because yeah, she we've hasn't been mean. had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she hasn't had the best year um, compared to what I think expectations were of her. But I thought in this series, I think she finally started to figure things out again. Um, especially game three, you know, pitching the seven innings and two run baseball. Well, really one, well, one earned because of the air, but, um, and striking out six, I think that we're starting to see what we expected to see from Gabby playing earlier in the year. And Pat Moore, somebody who I've also been pretty critical about so far this kind of conference season, she looked better on the mound. Didn't get that many opportunities, though, since she only pitched the sixth inning of game two for a scoreless inning with a pair of strikeouts. And didn't see Brooke Nelson. Do you think that maybe the staff learned a little bit about their pitchers during this bye week or, you know, I guess, I guess I was a little shocked to see Gabby starting in two games. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that they're trying to do, um, and I, I I don't know if this is what she, she's thinking, but I think what they want to do is establish like two, three max core pitchers that you want to go with each time out. I think the problem was before they had four pitchers, well, one ace, but then they had other spots um, and there really wasn't a set number two. They tried to mix in Lynch and Nelson and uh, Pat Moore. And I think the issue was that with was um, they didn't have any consistency, but now, you know, you're starting to see Gabby playing pitch more. You're starting to see Kelly Lynch do the complete game. And then they're starting to a little bit less utilize Pat Moore. So I think they want to shorten their rotation a little bit. I kind of was thinking the same thing and me maybe even speculating long-term. We're also talking, you know, if Washington makes the World Series type thing, but kind of building up that endurance back with Gabby Plain. Yes, to kind of, you know, the World Series is a very, very long tournament. And so if you are going to do kind of what UCLA does or Oklahoma does is your star pitcher 
pitches every other day or every other game, then kind of having that endurance to be able to pitch such lengthy amounts in such a short period of time. I kind of feel like maybe that's what they're doing there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this by uh, weekend, they think they probably learned a lot about the pitchers and uh, I probably figured that out of the three that Kelly Lynch looked the best and decided to give her the start. Clearly a great idea. Great job coaching yeah. staff because it definitely paid off there. Imagine, I mean, we kind of talked about all of their wins against Oregon state being one run wins. Imagine if she has one less strikeout. That's the difference of a game that just, yeah. that shows how important all of those strikeouts were. Yeah, they were, especially with each game just being so close. Yeah, I think we agree that Kelly Lynch was definitely the shining star for the pitching circle. No one really struggled, which was nice to say. But what would you give this grade for the pitchers? Honestly, I'd probably give it an A. A minus A. I I'm thought, down. I thought they found something in this series. And, you know, we talk, you talked about uh, Pat Moore, you know, coming in. Um, you know, pitch only got a little bit of action, only pitched an inning. But she looked pretty good in that inning, gave up no hits no runs struck out uh two so she looked good the whole team really looked good um i would say the only game that could have been better a little bit pitching was friday or thursday um them playing on a thursday just gets us all out of whack right i I referenced um, gabby kind of in game three coming back when it was really game two but it was on a saturday so just all kinds of backwards but I think that was our first consensus a grade of the season I think it is yeah and and they deserve it too because like I said this is the best pitching series that I've seen so far this season by them if I had a little like mixer I would make an applause sound here so yay for our first consensus a especially when it comes to pitching which is crazy because of how stellar the batter's box has been so getting back to the batter's box breakdown we start with her every time and we're going to do it again bailey Klinger, she continues her streak with a 23 game on base streak some crucial at bats for her and kind of the one that i'm really pointing out is in game two she hit a double that was just off the top of the left field wall to drive in both of the runs there was runners at first and third and that put the huskies up two and oh that would be the only runs that game for the dogs. She also hit her 18th home run of the season. She has 16 multi-hit games this season and now 13 multi-RBI games. So she's just padding her stats to make sure that they don't get broken by a UW player anytime soon. Yeah, no, she was great. And we talked about the the, the one shining stat and uh, moment for me and you know, it was tough. I, I had to give it to Kelly Lynch. But like you said, that game, game two, if she didn't hit that double, then I don't know if they would have won because she was the only one who gave them those two runs. So because the rest of the lineup didn't do too much. So I think without- moving forward, we should start a tally on how many games are won because of Bailey Klinger. And yeah, yeah. Right now we're at two. We'll start at the Arizona series. So grand slam that double there (laughs) we're at two (laughs) yeah 
I think another person and you touch on her a lot more than I do. She's somebody I feel like who unfortunately gets overlooked just because it's really hard to follow Bailey Klinger in terms of numbers and stats wise, but Sammy Reynolds, she extended her base streak to 14 games and a hitting streak to streak to six games. So great bats by her as well. Yeah, no, and they they really did miss her. Just those series against UCLA and most of the series against Cal. Um, I think without her, they they were just they didn't have that leadership. Um, and now that she's back, you know, she gets on base. She's fast. She steals bases. She's a good fielder. I think by her being back, I think now this team is at its full potential. Yeah, I think you're also seeing in the batter's box. We talk a lot about Olivia Johnson, who was pretty quiet this weekend, but Kinsey Fiedler, she looks to be starting off really strong for the dog. She had three ribbies in only one at bat in game one and tapered off with the other couple games. It's really hard to kind of compare numbers and bats and say you had a good day or bad day when the team as a whole is only putting up two, three runs a game anyway. Yeah. Um, no, but she did. Re- I thought she's finding something, you know, she's, she's really young. She's only a freshman, but that home run she hit on Thursday night, you know, yeah. that's, that's three, three runs she scored for that team. So, you know, you take that away, you're down three, one. So I think I really do think she's starting to, to get confidence in the bat. And I I've actually, I've always thought, out of all the freshmen that I think she's been the most consistent um, with swinging the bats um, over Olivia Johnson. She's, she gets good looks. She's pretty disciplined as well. And she protects the Mm plate when she has to. Yeah. What would you grade the batter's box? Um, Unfortunately, it's not going to be an A. (laughs) Here's my, here's my boo signal from my little mix box. (laughs) <laughs> but I would have to say um, I have to say C plus B minus and the reason why um, it's going to be that low is because the runs they scored were basically by one player most of the games like 2-1 win Bailey Klinger Kenzie Fielder scored three out of the four runs so you know besides these players not a lot of other players really stepped up to the plate literally and figuratively didn't yeah <laughs> but I, mean, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to be I meant to make like a oh for not all A's <laughs> because I definitely agree with you I it I like don't mean to be rude but Oregon State's pitching just doesn't reflect holding Washington to two and three runs for games and while others are carrying the team with their bats others need to step up a little bit more I I think that'll make Washington overall very very well rounded Washington's best games come when the entire team collectively hits really well I mean that goes without saying but just in general as a whole they look like a a very dangerous and outstanding team when more than just two people batting are being threats at the plate. Right. I would probably agree and say 
C plus, B minus in terms of a grade. Unfortunately for them, it's the beginning of the of the batting order. That's their strongest with Reynolds and Haley Klinger. One, two. Yeah, seven, eight, nine, just hoping for a walk. Right. And I mean, we sound harsh after their first sweep, but you know, we'll take it and learn, move on from it because there is a big matchup coming this week it is a big rivalry in every sport as the number 11 dogs will travel down to eugene to face the number 19 oregon ducks oregon ducks are sitting at a 29 and 13 overall record on the year and a 5 and 10 in conference play getting swept by ucla and asu we've said that once we'll say it again every time we preview someone who's already played these teams but Game times are Friday the 22nd at 7 p.m., Saturday the 23rd at 5 p.m., and Sunday the 24th at 3 p.m. Overall, Oregon is second in the Pac-12 and 11th nationally in scoring with 6.66 runs per game. So that's got to get going for Washington. And through 38 games, the Oregon Ducks have hit 55 home runs so far this season. That's one more than they hit as a team last year in 57 games so this is going to be a very good Oregon team that Washington will be facing yeah and this is not going to be easy um but you look at what Oregon has done so far this season and in some ways this has kind of been a letdown season for them I mean they got they got swept by Arizona State they looked they did not look great against Arizona coming from a pitching standpoint giving up 11 runs in their first game and giving up 12 on their last game to Arizona and you know we've talked about Arizona um bats being so good but I think they when when we were previewing that game while Washington was going down to Arizona you remember us joking how Arizona only had two runs total against UCLA and ASU in that series combined just before they faced UW and then we were so critical on how many runs we allowed Arizona to have. And then I looked at that number and I like actually kind of laughed <laughs> giving up yeah. 20, 20 Arizona, putting up 27 runs in three games. I was like, okay. Yeah. They, yeah, it was, it was a rough pitching for sure for Oregon, but to be fair, they have not played well at all. The past 10 games, they've, well, they've only won one game since, beating Cal on March 27th when they won eight to seven. So they, they are in trouble. They have not looked great Oregon and it shows in their record overall record in PAC 12 play of five and 10. So yeah, they I have struggled. I, uh, I agree with you. The only, I kind of think it's maybe fun take with what you will, but When I was looking at it, I was kind of thinking the same thing of, you know, Oregon's having a really bad season, but then you can also look at just their schedule as a whole. And I know five and 10, everyone plays the same conference almost, but they have the fifth most difficult schedule in the nation. And so them being in 10th place in the Pac-12 standings, it's hard to not overlook the talent that they have on their roster. No, they they, they do have a lot of talent. And I think kind of somebody who is a big leader in terms of their roster is their junior catcher with Tara 
McGowan in her nine games since she's been returning from injury. She's hitting a 379 going 11 for 29 with two doubles, two home runs, five ribbies, and two stolen bases. That might not be as scary as the fact that she hits a 389 with runners in scoring position. And then defensively as a catcher, she's outstanding. She ranks second in the Pac-12 with 12 runners caught stealing. So she's got a cannon behind the plate. Yeah, that's out of all the players, I think, on this Oregon roster, I'm most concerned about her because, you know, she she was injured. But now that she's back, she's looking, she's looking better than ever. So far, for 45 at-bats, yeah, 19 hits. It's just, she's definitely in a groove, and she's scary. And I think that's one player that UW really needs to highlight as a game plan for this series. And then what about pitcher-wise for Oregon? Does anyone really stand out to you? Because I know I have one who I'm guessing is going to be getting that start on Friday. You know, It's funny when I first heard about Oregon um, and it's actually one pitcher that we don't hear a lot from, from um, Oregon. And she's, she's in her fifth year with the team. And you know exactly who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Are you talking Jordan Dale? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm thinking of another fifth year though. Uh, what's what you go you first you go of? first because I interrupted you oh I was thinking well I don't know if she'll start but it, it's interesting because she has thrown no hitters and she pitched against Washington I want to say a couple of years ago and she's still with the team but she hasn't really been pitching at all but she she did pitch in their last game but I, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do with her because she has experience pitching against Washington. Yeah, I would probably almost guarantee that she does see that circle in a starting position probably. Just the experience and knowing how Washington is kind of with their bats and who likes what pitches. It, it's a young team, so hasn't faced a lot of the batters that Washington will have, but kind of has the same feel for Washington as a whole. My fifth year pitcher was uh, Brooke Yanis. She's a left-handed pitcher. And last year she finished second in the PAC 12 with 268 total strikeouts and led the conference with 10.29 strikeouts per seven innings. So we were just talking about Kelly Lynch and how her previous career high was 11 against UC Santa Barbara, and then she just got 15. Brooke is used to those kind of double-digit numbers. So that's going to be definitely somebody who could give Washington Bats a run for their money. Yeah, no, she's pretty much the Gabby plane of our team. Pretty much. I like that. Yeah, you have Brooke, who is Gabby, and then you have Jordan, who is Kelly. So it's going to be a pitching and hitting battle like no other. And somebody else, we don't really get to talk about too many infielders. I feel like when we preview other teams, but Allie Bunker at second base, not only is she really, really good in the infield, but batting wise, she led the ducks with 49 RBIs last season and tied the team 
with 10 home runs. She hit a 3-4-2 with 10 doubles, two triples, 36 runs. She's also one of the most difficult players in the nation to strike out. So when I say that, I, I trust me, pains me to compliment an Oregon player, but she only struck out six times in 200 plate appearances. Right. And you, that stat is, is crazy. Another stat that's also crazy about her. Um, she has 557 at bats and going into her fourth year with the ducks. And she has only struck out 23 times out of 557 at bats, which is insane. I would take that all day long. I would yeah. be like, if I'm making constant contact I mean, it's not getting on base that many times, you know, not only getting on base six times and you're on base 194 times, but you're still putting the ball in play and making the defense get you out and making the pitcher kind of pitch around you. That's crazy, especially I'm sure we can talk about a little bit, but Washington's been having a lot of errors lately and that kind of stat at the plate will definitely hurt the dogs. Absolutely. So we kind of previewed those. We've gotten down to the nitty gritty. How can Washington get a win? What do you think? Well, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a very tough series overall. I think what they need to do is they need to take this momentum from this past series against Oregon state, especially with the pitching um, and really, really use that to their advantage, um, especially with the type of start Gabby Plain has been having. And I think Kelly Lynch really needs to use how good of a game she had. And hopefully this gives her confidence that she can be an elite pitcher. Um, and I think what they need to do is utilize Gabby. I think. I think if they have won a chance, I think Gabby's got to pitch at least two of those games um, if they want a chance to win. And if then I would Gabby probably... struggles. Does she still need to pitch two to get that? Because she does have the power. She does have the experience. Or do you maybe have to say, we're going to go maybe a little bit inexperienced against Oregon here? I think, I think I would start Gabby um but I I do think you know with with these young pitchers I think the only way they're going to get better is with experience um so I I do think that you know getting them playing time um you know against a really good team like Oregon but I do think if they want any chance of winning this series Gabby Plain's got to be on it that was kind of one it. of my notes on how they can get around. I was like, pitch yeah. like they did against Oregon State. That's <laughs> all you got to do. You're gonna be, you're gonna be in good shape. Yeah, Oregon has ten seniors who will be graduating this spring, so a very veteran-heavy team here. So pitching's gotta step up for sure. And they, and they gotta go to Oregon too. We don't get Oregon home, which is always a struggle for them having to go down to Eugene to play the Ducks. That and it kind of ties into my other one is they just need to minimize all their errors. Two games yeah. with two errors. That's 
a big one that could have cost them the game and the sweep was in game two when the Beavers had a chance to tie it in the sixth after a leadoff double and the advancement to third on a UW error by kicking, kicking <laughs> a softball in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Kelly, she, she got the next three batters out with a pop-up and a pair of strikeouts to end the threat, but you can't rely on pitching because pitching has been so inconsistent this season. You and I have given pitching, I think everywhere from like an F minus <laughs> to now an A. Yeah, no. And that's actually, well, that was one of the, it, it, it's it, funny in a way, the, the kicking error. Yeah. But it, it's, it's something like a little that... league. It's something that should not should not be happening, um, especially with this team. You have stolen for home from second in baseball and then kicking a ball in the outfield with softball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But what is your prediction? Um, I think I think this is going to be overall a really hard series to get the series win. Um, I would be okay if they won one. Uh, anything but a sweep for me. Anything but a sweep. Anything but a sweep, especially with, I mean, to be fair, Oregon has not been playing good softball, but they definitely have the potential to completely dominate. And we struggle against teams that are veteran and who have, you know, really talented players so I I think you got to win at least one yeah that's the crazy thing is you know which Oregon is this Husky team gonna get are they gonna get the inexperienced who gives up 12 runs to Arizona or are you gonna get the veteran Oregon team who can pitch lights out and who can really get bats going and put up 11 runs on Arizona (laughs) you never know and it's, it's hard to judge where Oregon is with the conference right now because Oregon has played four more conference games at UW, than UW has. But I'm actually going to say that UW wins the series two to one. They don't get the sweep, but I think they do come away with the series win. That would be ideal. Um, <laughs> and I think they are capable of doing it. Um, you know, this isn't an Oregon team that we're used to seeing. We normally are used to seeing a very dominant Oregon team. And yeah, they do have a really tough schedule, but I feel like early on in the season, they probably should have won some of the games that they lost, especially non-conference, like losing to Baylor. And there's a couple other games where they lost, where they just did not look good. Yeah, where have we said that before? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or someone doing an Oregon softball podcast is just making the same jokes about Washington. They're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Right. I'm, I'm just looking at some of these, some of the games and they played Cal and they lost 11 to two. So yeah, as we both predicted a sweep to Cal and then we walk away with only one win. Yeah. Just getting some PTSD flashbacks just now. <laughs> Hopefully we have a nice and chipper and fun show for you next week. And until then, you know, make sure tune in, watch some softball, watch some baseball. It's I know Mariners are back. I understand. Believe me, go into the game on Friday myself. So we'll be watching closely on my phone, but 
still support these programs because there is still a lot of ball left to be played until it comes postseason. And we will continue to update you every week. And until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. I'm Trey Konishi. Thanks for tuning in to turn two. Go dogs. Go dogs.